Decoding Leadership and Mental Health, an exclusive dialogue with Dr. Keith McNally. Join us for a deep dive into the mind of Dr. Keith McNally, an influential thought leader and author. In this exclusive interview, we explore the purpose behind the Envision Speaker Series, the origins of the Question Guy podcast, and the motivations that led to his insightful book, Walking the Path, A Leader's Journey. Dr. McNally shares his unique perspective on what suicide ideation looks like and why it's so important to address this often misunderstood topic. We also discuss his ambitious plan to conquer the Appalachian Trail and learn how he honored his exceptional networking skills. This conversation is packed with wisdom and inspiration that can help anyone looking to make their mark in leadership or those wanting to understand more about mental health. Take advantage of this enlightening discussion. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be, but we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent, or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. We are excited to introduce our partner, Evergreen Podcast, a globally recognized podcast network known for its original and creative content. Their diverse team ensures captivating productions that offer a variety of perspectives. They specialize in branded podcasts and targeted audience delivery, focusing on high quality production. But Evergreen is more than a production company, an innovation hub providing immersive narratives. With Evergreen, you don't just listen to podcasts, you experience them. Now, I'm excited to welcome our guest to you today. Dr. McNally is a dynamic facilitator, podcaster, author, and mental health advocate. He runs two podcasts, the Question Guy podcast 
centered on personal transformation series and Coach's Corner, featuring expert-led professional discussions. He's also pioneering conversations on mental health through the Envisioned Speaker series. As an author, he penned Walking the Path, a Leader's Journey, and serves as the U.S. Ambassador for Be Happy for Nothing, a nonprofit addressing basic needs to enhance lives globally. Please help me welcome Dr. Keith McNally. April, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, it's truly a pleasure to have you here on the Wellness Driven Life Show. So excited to dive in. You're doing so many things in the health arena, which is just the perfect person to be here with us today. So let's share with the audience a little bit more about you. Oh, my goodness. Um, where do you want to start? And so, one, I'm a doctor. So in case your audience wants to know, I am not a medical doctor. So I'm not a psychiatrist or uh, a therapist or anything like that. Actually, my doctorate degree is in education, and I should be an administrator at some college. However, I took a different path, and that path has led me right here to sit in here and have this conversation with you. Yes. Well, okay. I want to know more about this path because, and you, you choose that wording a lot. It sounds to me and a lot of the things that you're bringing about into the world. So I know that path is one of those words that has a lot of meaning and importance to you. So I would love to hear more about that aspect. And we all have our own journeys and we all have our own paths and yours is special because... This really starts, the story really starts with COVID. And so I know a lot of people's stories, especially those who have joined me on, on the question guy, that's kind of where something major happened in their life. And so COVID all hit us in the face. And in a certain way, it's forced us to transform our lives. And so what I decided to do was have conversations with people. When I, you know, I was on my LinkedIn profile, and just reached out to the people who are on my connection list, which wasn't long at the time. But because we were kind of stuck and isolated and quarantined, we were kind of feeling frustrated and angst and angry. And all these emotions were welling up inside of us. Me too. So I said, you know, well, we need to, I need to do something about it. And so I did. I started knocking on people's virtual doors and say, hey, you know, do you want to have a conversation? It started slow. And so not everybody was saying yes, but slowly people were kind of giving me the nod and say, yeah, let's, let's jump on a Zoom call. Let's get to know one another. There was this, this need to reconnect in a different way. Now, typically, you know, we would go to bars or restaurants or, you know, the water cooler or wherever that was to get our, you know, our socialization in, whatever that looks for you. Cool. But um, that was taken away from us globally, yeah. uh, which is just incredible. We chose technology to change the face of how we connect with one another. And so I started having conversations with people who were forced in whatever aspect that was, they were forced to make a change, meaning that there are two sides to this coin. One side was I had made it. I was successful. 
but I didn't like what I saw in the mirror and I didn't have any way of making things personal to me, valuable to me. And so from the experience of being quarantined, people said, this is enough. I want, I want a new, I want a new me. I want to reinvent myself. And so they were making changes. They were, they were, you know, finding ways to align what they were doing professionally or personally with who they were, mm. their values, you know, their faith, all that, all the, all that, what it means. They wanted to drive a life that had new meaning and purpose for themselves. The flip side of that was people had lost everything. They had lost money, home, loved ones, themselves, and they wanted to find who they were and get out of this stuckness, this trap, uh, whatever you want to call it. And so they were making personal changes. They were meditating. Uh, they were finding new people to connect with. They had lost people. They were finding ways to, to grieve. It was an incredible journey. And so the conversations that I was having forced me to say, hey, can we share your story with the world? And so initially it was called Level Up. But from Level Up, uh, I rebranded. I'm a college professor by trade. And I the question guy. I ask a lot of questions. I dive deep into conversations and I created the question guy podcast. I have a feeling you might have some questions for me today. <laughs> I just might. But I, I really love that you you're talking about sharing people's stories because there's so much of that human aspect of us that really wants to be seen, to be heard, to be known, not to be forgotten. And when tragedy happens and the earth is shaken up around us and, and everything seems out of whack and not in our norm, then we start to think about those things. We start to think about, okay, well, well, who am I? Cause identity crisis tends to come up out of that as well. Very, very common. And how can I, how can I be heard? How can I be seen? What can I do for others? And so you jumping in and, and really starting to talk to people and really beginning to build community through this show and allowing people that, that stage, that moment in time to share themselves and their stories. Now, that is a beautiful thing. What has that done for you personally? It has changed my life. And I, I like to say that it, it was always one conversation at a time. And like I said before, it wasn't a big jump into it. It was finding people who were willing to have those conversations. So it was really um, a numbers game at first. But the more you do it, the more you, you share who you are, the more they're willing to share. Um, my story is I've attempted suicide twice. And so in the past 10 years, uh, last year. And so at the time of this recording, it's what, October of 2023. So 12 months ago, uh, I had a major Gosh. heart attack. I had a major heart attack. And, um, you know, my medical team says, <laughs> you know, you're damn lucky to be here. So you better make the most of it. I mean, that's how bad my heart is, is, is damaged. Mm -hmm. So, with all that, 
And then with every conversation, it's people have gone through stuff. Uh, so I'm going to keep my, my vocabulary very G-rated. People have gone through stuff and they want, we want, as a human race, we want just what you said. We want to connect. We want to be heard. We want to feel valued. We want to feel important. Uh, we want to align our actions with helping others. Um, we are in, you know, I don't know if it's true or not, this mental health crisis that we hear about, but really it comes down to how are we communicating with each other? How are we expressing and experiencing the presence of one another? And how are we telling people that they're, they're important? Not just in the mm -hmm. general sense, you know, it's good for you to be here on the earth. No, you're important to me. You know, the conversation that we just had, I had two conversations earlier today. Um, one for to get somebody on my podcast and two, just to have a conversation with somebody who is just going through a hard time. And, you know, the lady who I invited to my podcast, cause she's starting her own and she's, you know, just writing a book series. She's kind of getting things started. And so it was so exciting for her to say, yes, cause she's going to want to share her story. And then I'm going to share her business acumen. And then she's going to come on the Envision Speaker Series and she's going to bring friends with her and she's going to talk about a passion topic that's all on her. And so it's this excitement that we have that just makes me excited to be alive. You know, having each every conversation, having this conversation with you uh, is just good to know that we are doing something uh, that's just changing people and making them feel good inside. Yeah. Our lives were never the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. So I can call you Keith. Yes. Yes, you can. I would love to call you Keith. Keith, I feel that it, it truly does do something. You said it changed my life because now I'm having conversations and thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that you've attempted suicide. Um, not once, but twice. So this has been something that has been a reality for you. It's not just something, oh, I've, I'm thinking about. I've actually attempted because I have felt that my life has gone that low that I just didn't know what to do. And so there are many, many, many people out there that need to hear that and understand that because they're going through the exact same thing. And so that is, that's the beauty of being able to give people the opportunity to share themselves and why I stress that it's important to share our stories because of just that. And 
if we, yeah, if we want to call it a mental health crisis um, during this day and age, yes, I think it is. I think that the world has been shaken up quite a bit. And we live in this day and age where we're living in high stress situations, um, which is not really high stress, but we bring about it because that's just the environment that we've created. And, and that's how we that's respond. Why did we create yeah. this? You know, why are we creating this stressful situation for ourselves? That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. I think a lot of it is learning how to adapt because human beings, right, we we do adapt. That's that's the greatest thing about us as a species is how well we're able to adapt to our environment, to our circumstances. We thrive because we're able to. We're able to shift gears and to to you know, think of things differently, whereas other creatures on the earth are not able to or capable. So it's, it's having the understanding and the knowledge of, okay, so this is what we're working with. Now what? And how do I bring myself back to a, a, a normal, calm state that we're supposed to be in? So we don't get to that point. Well, part of the problem, um, just a, a little kickback, and I know this is your show. We do we do adapt and adjust, but we do so differently than the other creatures on the earth because they develop an equilibrium with their their environment. We take from our environment and we place demands on it that may be uh, un, unappreciated, and I'll use that that word. But we are we have used those adaptability skills to. Make sure that we're safe physically. So we want to keep our roof over our head. We want to be out of the rain. We want to make sure that we can cook food. And we've been surviving for so many years. And then we've developed technologies to make our life simpler. You know, we have computers and, you know, we can, I've got a book right here. I take notes. I literally pick up a pen and take notes and I do have a computer. So I use that. So I do understand the need for adapting and, and, and using the tools and technologies to enhance what we can do, make life simpler. But we are emotionally bankrupt. Um, mm. We are, we don't know how to deal with emotions. We are not taught to deal with emotions. Mm. We are not expected to, the only things that we know how to deal with are happiness, because that feels good. Um, and we respond to every other situation in a very negative way. Something happens, we get angry. Um, somebody drives, doesn't drive in front of us we honk our horns and I hear that a lot and where I'm at, I'm in Virginia. Why are we so stressed? Why, why is it, why, why are we not dealing with our emotions in a very healthy, uh, you know, self-adjusted manner? We're not, you know, we take medications because we don't feel, we don't feel good, uh, legally or illegally, whatever that looks like, it doesn't matter. We are not taught from our parents and their parents to really, School okay. and be okay with our emotions, so that's where I, my, I jump in and say, Let's change the conversation around that. That's the ha my hashtag around the Envision Speaker Series. Let's change the conversation, let's really figure out what you're feeling. And so, I talked about you know my suicide attempts because I'm at rock bottom, you know, and there's nobody there. Um, it's a scary hole to be in, yeah. Unless this is what I talk about. There's got to be somebody out there, whoever that person is, whoever that person is, got to have one person to hold your hand with one hand and then hold the flashlight with the other because you have to find a way out and you can't do it alone. 
And so in those circumstances, it's really you've I've I've kind of developed like this three step process where you've got to learn how to rebreathe because you need oxygen. You need to learn how to write, pick up a pen, and you learn how to talk because you have to fill your head with the right words in order for you to survive, but you can't do it alone. There's a lot here, <laughs> maybe beyond the scope of this podcast, maybe beyond the scope of this conversation. But going back to the idea that we have to find ourselves emotionally or we're not going to survive mm. too much longer as a race. Okay, so let's let's go to how you started addressing this initially because okay. you did hit rock bottom, right? And you, you, what did you do after that? You, you hit rock bottom. You have the attempted suicide. So I don't know what that looked like. You don't have to go into detail. But what were the things that were more pivotal for you? How you came out of that? Because what I hear is, is community is key. Somebody, someone, Somebody. we're here for each other. And so what does that look like when we have somebody there for us? What did that look like for you? It's an absolute necessity. And so I'll just go back a couple of years. Um, everything that I've done, you know, I don't want to blame COVID-19 for this transformation in my life, but in some ways it is. And in some ways I brought everything into it and adjusted it and pivoted and came out of it. And so I had lost, like other people, I had lost my job. I had lost my job for 12, years, for 12 months. That cripples you uh, emotionally as a man. I'm over 50. And so, you know, that plays a role in my ego. Uh, can't provide for my family. You know, almost lost my house. Going to live in the street. So lots of things going on. You know, very, very practical in nature and then very emotional in nature. And so when you lose all that, you know, you, you wake up and you're thinking, I have no value. I have no reason to be here. I have nothing going on in my life. There's no money in the bank. You know, I could easily be on the street tomorrow or whatever that looks like. There was a person, uh, a good friend of mine uh, now, a good friend of mine now. Uh, at the time he was, I met him on LinkedIn actually through a networking event. And we just happened to hit it off. And I said, I want to achieve XYZ goals. And, you know, then I lost everything. And he invested himself into me. And so, like I said, that one person took the time and effort to give of himself because he knew I was hurting. That one thing, basically, he said, you got to, this one man told me two things. You got to breathe and every day you got to get out of bed. You know, if you could do those two things, we could get through today. And so I kind of teach the same thing in my own space with the own people that I talk to is that if you can breathe and you can get out of bed, we could, you know, I could hold the flashlight until you could hold it yourself and we could get through today. And sometimes it's a daily, it's a daily thing. It's a daily walk. You got to walk that path every day. You've got to find a reason to get out of bed. You got to find a reason to breathe. 
you have to find a re- it doesn't have to be big at first and it's not going to be big at first it's going to be i want to talk to my daughter i want to talk with her today and so in order to talk with her i've got to breathe and i've got to get out of bed right or you know somebody's going to kick you you know your wife is going to kick you and say your spouse is going to go get a job <laughs> right so you got to breathe and you got to get a bed you know you got to show up and yeah. so when you do it enough it then becomes routine again and when it becomes routine you could scaffold other skills around that because you were just in a dark hole and so when you can scaffold things breathing doing get out of bed maybe eating something <laughs> exercising a little bit yeah. building that wellness around you i'm taking up your space april go ahead no no i i love everything that you're saying and it just it's getting my mind going because so much of this what you're saying are things that i thought about so I too was having a lot of very strong thoughts of suicide as well at one point. But something that I was very um, consistent about writing in my journal, which I didn't really realize until later on, but, but something that I wrote was I want to have a reason to get up in the morning, to be excited about my day. I want to be excited about what I'm doing and about my day, a reason to get up in the morning. And so I didn't have that. I did. I wasn't feeling that. And so what you're saying, Keith, is absolutely something that we should all have. We should all experience because otherwise, if we don't, it's not very joyful, right? Then it's just doing the, the robotic motions throughout the day and how we're going about living our lives. And we have to have a lot of that passion. Breathing is essential also. I talk about breathing a lot on the show. And once we start learning how to really do some breathing techniques intentionally, right? It what does it do? It lowers the heart rate, which then lowers the stress response. And it's just, it brings us back to. Okay. And then clear thinking because that blood isn't just like pumping so fast into the brain to where everything is not functioning as it should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that very, he taught me three basic things. So I said, you know, get out of bed, breathe and get out of bed. But beyond that, so the scaffolding part was, it's not just about, you know, and I'm an asthmatic. So sometimes breathing is, is difficult for me and I'm just getting over bronchitis. <laughs> so right now it's a challenge, but when you can literally sit down and close your eyes and, you know, just bring it all in. And like you said, you know, let the oxygen, literally let the physical action, well, physical action, let, let, let the oxygen yeah. do what it's made to do. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's really understanding that we're not, pieces of a puzzle that's scattered all over the floor intentionally we are all those puzzles put together as a holistic piece all of them have a have a place and all of them need to be there and sometimes we have to relearn how the things that we think are should be natural you know breathing should be natural well it is but when we want it to have real meaning we have to do it intentionally. And so I breathe in the morning, you know, we, you know, I think earlier when you were in my bio, I, I get up at three o'clock in the morning and go hiking for seven, eight miles. And that's a, 
different story altogether. We're going over that because that's over fascinating. That. You have to learn how to breathe. You have to you have to fill your body with yeah. the energy that it needs in order to take that next step. And so it's breathing, it's writing. And so I'm glad you mentioned journaling because when you're in a deep hole, when you know, in that suicide ideation phase that you know I go into sometimes. I got to pick up the pen. I've got to write something down. Even if it's just scribble, it's mm -hmm. you are releasing the energies in your head and in your body in order to get that energy out because there's a lot of negative energy and we can't have yeah. that. The body can't sustain that. And then once you can write things down, then you need to allow your brain to activate. And that's by using your words. And so even if it's just reading a book, you know, pick up a, a child's book, whatever you got laying around. Um, Start reading out loud because they're usually joyful, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot here. Yeah. But I'm but it's what empowers me. It is. And so I I absolutely let's let's go into walking. So um I don't think that I read it in your bio, but it is a piece, a nugget that I was able to receive per you scheduling on the show. And I always ask my guests. What is something unique, some, some sort of information that is unique about you? And you said that you get up at three in the morning and you walk seven mials every day. Now, that is you're definitely I'm crazy now. No, I don't think you're crazy at all. It's unique. And I want to hear more. Where did you get the idea to do this? When did you start? Was it, have you been doing this a long time? Uh, why 3 a.m.? Is there what is what are all the juicy details surrounding this? Because it is not a common thing. I've I mean I've heard of people getting up at maybe four or five, but 3 a.m. is a topper. Well, let's put this all in perspective. Uh, one, I'm a marine, uh, so the hair. But I I was a com I'm a combat veteran, a U.S. combat veteran. Um, so I got some discipline behind me. The um because I'm an asthmatic and by birth, uh, I have decided that I wanted to manage my asthma through daily exercise. And so I developed a habit of running um, when I was 13, 14 years old, had a really bad uh, asthma attack. And, then, you know, the doctor said, don't aggravate it, take medicine. And, you know, I went against the grain and said, I want to try to figure out how to manage this myself. And so I did. I started running. Um, now at 54, it's a power walk, but I get okay. up at three o'clock because it's the only real time I've got in my day to fit a seven mile hike in, mm. you know, two plus hours. Um, I'm not a fast walker, but I got to fit it in somehow. But the flip side of that coin is I've got to, I'm on a campaign to raise money to eradicate suicide. Now it's a big goal. But there are steps to that. And part of that is to hike the Appalachian Trail, do a, a through hike, right? From Georgia to, to Maine. And that's 21, it's 2,193 miles or 22 round trip. I mean, not round trip, straight through, depending on who you talk to. So I got to get this old body in shape. <laughs> so I'm packing 20, you know, I got the 20 pound pack, you know, next month it'll be 25 and next month it'll be 30. Uh, got to get those miles in, got to get the body in shape. Um, for the hike specifically. But once you do that, 
you know, yeah. I love the exercise anyway. I love the, how it feels for the body to, to move. Yeah. And so for me, that's really good feeling, but specifically that 3am is for the hike. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because how long be does that, yeah. The, um, I, I don't know if you, you touched on that, but how long does it take you each morning? So, uh, for, for me, a good walking pace is a 20 minute mile. So I'm doing seven miles. It's two hours and another 20 minutes or whatever that accumulates in minutes. Um, on the weekends, I push that out to nine, 10, 11, 12 miles. So on a, a weekend, like a Saturday, Sunday, or whenever I have a day off, uh, from work, uh, I push it as far as I can go. Uh, so easily it's a three plus almost to a four hour consecutive yeah. hike through trails and neighborhoods and all that kind of stuff. So I also do it in the morning. I, I live here in Eastern Virginia, Southeastern Virginia. So I'm in a military what's called Hampton Roads because we've got Norfolk Navy base up here. So we got people with bald heads and doing all kinds of crazy exercises. So yeah. I'm not out of scope here. <laughs> so yes, yeah, it's more of a common thing that you have. In your pack, but you know, everybody's going out and, you know, exercising. No, that's great. I, I think it's fascinating. And I think you're, you're absolutely right. There's so much to movement, daily movement that really helps our mental health. Now, Keith, could you tell us more about you are doing this fundraising? What is it for? What are all the details behind that? And how do people learn a little bit more about it? So I'm still building the, I'm building the logistics around it. So my goal is to raise a million. Um, the hikes should go from March 1st of 2025 to whatever, four or five months co cover that hike. Um, the goal is I've got a team of professionals, grief coaches, um, people who have built apps to build communities, uh, uh, myself, uh, a leadership coach who focuses on people who are stuck in life. So I have a team of people that I want to support because we're all doing really good work in our individual spaces, but I believe in community. So just like you've been talking about on this show, I think working together, uh, working as a community really uh, helps build the idea that we're going to do this and we're going to do it successfully. So with that, plus the Envision speaker series, plus the book. So there's all these different puzzle, puzzle pieces to the campaign. Uh, and then the activity itself is, hey, this old man can do it. <laughs> you can do it too. So can you. Uh, you can set up a purpose in life and say, I just don't have to sit in front of the, you know, the computer or the TV drinking a beer and feeling crappy about myself. Yeah. I can get out and do something. I can turn my life around. I could put purpose into it by design and intention. And that's just, and that's for me, this is a bucket list thing. So I just made it part of the campaign to make it worth something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a win-win. Absolutely. So Keith, tell us a little bit about the book. When did you write it? What was the fruition of it? And what kind of things do we get out of it? So the book started um, 2022. We're talking like early, early. So I'm friends with a gentleman. So this is my mentor. His, I'm going to give a, can I do a shout out? Yes, please. Okay, so his name is Mitch Gray. And so I'm going to tag him when I see this video. And so he's my 
my mentor, my friend, he's, he's a godsend basically. And so he's the one who helped me get through this second, you know, suicide attempt and the real bad spot I was in a couple of years ago. We became friends. He wrote a book, How to Hire and Keep Great People, which is a leadership book focused on uh, HR stuff, but it had a lot of leadership components. And I said, uh, I need to write a book, you know, all my colleagues. And here I am, a college professor with no book. And so he said, I need to write a book. Write a book, right? So my first intention was, well, let me write the training manual for your book. And he said, all right, let's let's do that. So we talked about that. And that was kind of its first space. And then I was talking to another colleague and, um, you know, I, you should really write a book book. And I don't really know what to write about. So I went back to Mitch and I said, well, let's co-author a book. That's kind of because he's got a couple of books out. And I said, I need a book. Let's co-author like a leadership book book and so you know we agreed to that so it kind of evolved into this leadership book and due to time pressures he couldn't commit to it and so i said well i still need a book so i took my stuff back and i had already written like the second half of the book and i put the first half in front of it so i've got this book out there walking the path the leader's journey and so it's about life transformation and so i take uh, the ideology that if you put narrative, a fable with contextual elements around leadership, uh, you can create this really transformational message. And that's what it is. And so I take this idea that these kids are stuck in this, uh, this valley surrounded by mountains, literally, literally in the book, metaphorically for us, uh, and they don't fit in. And so John is is expected to take over his dad's farm and he that's not what he wants to do he wants to find out what where life is he wants to find out where his life belongs he's got a friend liz uh she is his biggest cheerleader uh, but you know very very popular in the space that they're in but she has a dedication to her friend and then there is penny who is born uh, deformed. She has a deformed hand. And so she's been ostracized and isolated by the community because they're expecting everybody to be normal. And so there's these three friends who need to find out where they belong in life. And their mentor, Jose, gives them permission. You know, basically, I'm cutting the story short here. It gives them permission. If you're going to find out where you belong, I give you permission to climb the mountain. And so the book is about that. It's a, the book is about them coming together, understanding who they are, really understanding their weaknesses and strengths, developing the team, throwing the mentor component in because they need that guiding light around them, right? And then they take the trail. And so within that story element, I bring it back into what does mentoring really look like? What does it mean to be vulnerable as a leader? What does it mean to communicate uh, your intentions. And so I take all those contextual elements, wrap it all around. And then at the end of each chapter, I pose three questions that allow the reader to go back into the story, but then put themselves into the story. And how would you do whatever's being done? Uh, how do you see yourself as part of that story? And then at the very last page of each chapter, it's called Take Note, so it's empty. So it gives you an opportunity to journal right there in the book if you're comfortable with that. So very, you know, metaphorically speaking, it is a journey. 
uh, it's a it's a journey about transformation. It's about learning who you are. It's about learning about the people around you. It's about learning to trust other people who can help you. And it's about becoming vulnerable as a person because without, again, going back to the emotional element, which is a bring in from, from chapter one, if you can't deal with yourself emotionally in a very healthy manner, you ain't leading nobody anywhere. Uh, it's just not going to happen because they won't follow you. And if you're yeah. looking to make an impact on other people's lives, they have to trust you. Then they will follow you. Yeah. You got to lead yourself first, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that that is really cool that you do the the story form and you bring so much of that. I, I can think of a couple other people that do that sometimes in their series. I think Bob Berg does that in the Go-Giver series, but the Bible does that. You know, when we have the story forms and then there's things that we can reflect on, things that we can feel okay, well, I can relate with this character because, and in that circumstance, I would have made this choice or I would have done the same thing. So I think that that is really lovely that you bring it about in that way. Now you also have the, um, the Envision Speaker Series. I would love to hear more. What is the Envision Speaker Series? Who do you have? What is your audience? What does that bring to the community? Uh, absolutely. So the evolution of my conversations from the question guy to coach's corner, which is about people's uh, professional business acumen, whatever they do, if they're author or a coach or a small business owner. What I'm finding with all these conversations is that we are not healthy and until we deal with ourselves in a very healthy manner. So everything's going back to emotions. And so this is yeah. the crux of everything that I talk about. If we're not dealing with that, we are not healthy. Uh, we could we could pretend, we could put it on the facade. Everything's cool. I'm cool. You're cool, but we're not. You know, we're we're struggling, and that really pulls out of pulls away from our humanity, and it's really sad to see that. So, what I decided to do was bring people to the virtual table. So right now these are just virtual, just like this. This is a virtual conversation. I'm bringing people to the virtual table. Um, who really understand what it means to have a conversation around health. And so, for example, uh, the first conversation I did on the Vision Speaker Series was back in July of this year, 2023, um, men's mental health and suicide prevention. So I had to, tap, I had to tackle that. So I'm, I'm always going to circle back to that because men my age, uh, 45 and I'm 54, so 45 and older, uh, we ain't doing so good. You know, we are losing touch with our own humanity, our own person, and we are committing suicide. And I can't say it anymore. We are dying by suicide because there's a, you know, politically correct way of approaching this. Um, our angst in life is crippling. And so we are dying by suicide. We are choosing to end our lives in a very horrific way and leaving a wake of destruction behind us. And so that's just one example. Other examples of the conversations would include, you know, toxic workplaces. And that really cripples us. How many people out there in your audience don't even want to get out of bed because they know that going to work is going to add added stress to their lives. That is horrible. Mm -hmm. And it's not just in America. And I've experienced that before. 
not with my current job, but I have experienced it before. But the conversations that I'm having is it's worldwide. What in the world? This is 2023. How can we go into a workplace whose boss and leadership structure is literally creating anxiety for you while you're at work? That's insane for me. It doesn't make any sense. Um, other conversations, I've had conversations with a lady who uh, was traumatized sexually, emotionally, physically abused growing up from age of three. She ran out when she was 17 and she joined me in conversation with her mentor and friend because she wanted to share her story. So we did a two part series. So the first one was about the crap that she went through as a child. And the second part of that, that show was how she's helping others now that she's an adult and continually thriving and growing herself. Another conversation is what do we do with our emotions? You know, what does it really mean to be emotionally healthy? And the other conversation I'm having uh, this week, people who go into retirement without a plan also commit suicide, also die by suicide because they don't have a plan. They don't know what to do with their lives, their role, their responsibilities, mm -hmm. all that's gone. And this new phase of life, if you don't go in with it with the right mindset, it's going to take you down. And so I'm going to talk to yeah. Dave Buck and he's, we're going to talk about what it means to have purpose on the other side of, you know, work life. So these are the real conversations I'm having. I spoke with a lady this morning today. She's a menstrual cycle coach. And so that's where it's she's going into that space. And so it was a really interesting conversation. I said, and so she's telling me her backstory, you know, why she's, you know, in this and even at her age and she's 45 and she's telling me i can't even buy products going to a male you know at the register it just freaks me out and so she's helping women of all age groups understand the power of dealing with their own menstrual cycle so i said you got to come on my show you've got to come on the envision speakers because that's exactly what this conversation is all about how to deal with things in a very healthy manner, how to have the right conversations in the right way. So that's what this mm -hmm. show is all about. It's kind of like yours, but you do a different scope. I want to go in and dive deep. And then in January, we're going to do a special event, multi-group, multi-hour, LinkedIn Live. We're going to offer solutions to different social problems that deal with emotions. And so, you know, marriages, mar if, if both partners in a marriage, it doesn't matter their you know sexual orientation if you ain't going at it with the right emotional structure with the, without the right mindset it's going to fall apart so we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about well the lady who you know does menstrual coaching we're talking about why that's so important and why the conversations around that are so important and then we're going to talk about um, e emotional health and depression and so if we don't have the right conversations at the right time with people who are depressed and I don't mean clinically depressed. I just mean you're just having a crappy day and things are going, things aren't going well for you. How can you step in and say, you know, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about what you're feeling right now. Because if we don't do that, you know, we're going to the bars, we get drunk and we have an automobile accident. Now I'm, just, I'm exaggerating the situation. But the thing is, because we're so empty and we don't know how to deal with our emotions, we do crazy stuff. We do weird mm -hmm. stuff. We do stuff that's unhealthy. So I want to have those conversations to tell people it's okay to have those conversations. Yeah. Now, what were, so I, I want to go back 
to your story a little bit and maybe we can bring something to the audience of something that they can really be able to utilize for themselves. Because when you were at that, the low point and you started reaching out to others, that is one of the most difficult things to do, especially when, I mean, we don't often get to super low points when we have many people surrounding us, right? It's when we feel really alone that we we go lower and lower. So bringing ourselves back out of that as you have, what were some of the things that you did for yourself in order to, to start meeting people, to start talking? I know you said that you st just started reaching out to people on LinkedIn, but do you have any sort of insight for people who are just beginning that? What words of wisdom would you give to somebody who's just starting out um, and learning how to reach out to others? Uh, I'll give three words. <laughs> it's going to be scary. So it's four words. <laughs> it's going to be scary. Yeah. Um, and I'm an introvert by nature because I grew up with an alcoholic dad and uh, just kind of closed in myself. So I, I made myself mm -hmm. feel safe by just being by myself and went through most of my life that way. And here I am, you know, college professor, coach, author, podcast host. You got to be kidding me, right? Um, it's going to be scary because it's an unfamiliar space to be in. Um, for me, it was an unfamiliar space to be in, but there was... There's a human need and you can't deny it. There's a human need to connect. Uh, and unless you just really just want to go out and bushwhack for the rest of your life, which I know people who do, <laughs> but for the most of us, we need to connect. And that means you've got to take the risk. And you, the risk is somebody saying no. The risk is somebody saying, I don't want to connect. And it's going to be personal. And because you are literally putting yourself out there, it's like going on that first date putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and just wanting to be present, it can be scary. And, you know, like I said, for me, it was, you know, a thousand no's and one yes, you know, then it was like 900 no's and one yes. And so that number of no's comes down. Um, I still reach out, to, I reach out to people. You know, it's funny on LinkedIn. It's, um, and I'm just gonna, it, it's real, real short story. I'll, I'll connect with strangers. So I'll see, you know, I'll, I'll type in, you know, wellness coach or whatever. And uh, you got a cool title because I'll, I'll talk with anybody. And I do. That's kind of I want to have a million conversations with people before I die. And for those of you who are watching, listening, I had a heart attack. So you need to I need to have conversations with you. Anyway, the thing is, I'll connect with people on LinkedIn. And, you know, I'll just say, hey, you, you know, the, the typical and I'll, I'll give a message. You got this cool title or, you know, I like what you're doing. I like your your content. The funny thing is sometimes they'll say, no, thank you, or no, I don't want to, and still connect with you. So they're going to click the accept button mm -hmm. and then type in, no, no, what? Why are you telling me? Why don't you just ignore my, my request for connection? This is so funny. Um, <laughs> I, I put those conversations in archive so I don't see them. Uh, I won't delete them because it's a first level connection. Um, and if they don't figure it out, then I, I keep the first level connection. But it's just so funny. But going back to your question, it's about it's a risk. Everything's a risk in life. And so it's a risk worth yeah. taking. But I'll add this caveat. 
if it's a risk that's too scary for you and you really liked what I had to say today, have a conversation with me because I'm going to put you at ease or a, a conversation with April because she's going to yeah. put you at ease too. It's um, a, it's a perfect place to start. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Keith, it has been really wonderful to have you on the wellness driven life show. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience today? Um, I can I just go back to what I said. I am, I'm on these multiple goals. I want to, because I am on a timeline. I, I'm not on a cancer timeline. So the doctor didn't say you're dying in three years because of cancer, but my heart is really damaged. And so I do want to raise that million. I do want to have a million conversations with people just to have them. And I want you on my show because I love having conversations. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, you too. I want you on my show too. <laughs> Yeah. I was talking to your audience. No, I love that. I think that's incredible because exactly what you talked about in the very beginning is allowing people the opportunity to share themselves, to share their stories. And so thank you so much for giving that to others. It sounds to me like you are doing some incredible things out into the world. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I do appreciate it. Uh, it's my absolute pleasure. And so I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you. LinkedIn is the place to go. So is your handle on LinkedIn, Dr. Keith McNally? Without the dot. Yeah. Straight through D-R-K-E-I-T-H-M-C-N-A-L-L-Y. Yeah. And, and we do have and a website here. And the bald guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to so, make sure people have your website too. Find him on LinkedIn. Connect. And, you know, he'll have some more updates on the website as it comes through. That's www.drkeithmcnally.com. You can also find all of this information in the description below. So for those of you who are tuning in, thank you so much. For those of you who are watching the replay, thank you so much. Be sure to find that information in the description link. And again, it has been awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing yourself. I am now inspired to get up very early and walk very far because it's it's a part of the journey and it's also a part of the path. So Just be safe. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. Thank Goodbye you. for now.